broken legs seemingly lead to broken dreams for the Titans and the Raiders, but a torn MCL couldn't hold off the Dolphins from their first playoff berth since 2008 that also sent the Ryan brothers packing. But with all the broken legs and healthy sits headed your way, how are you going to put your Humpty Dumpty fantasy team back together for week 17? How? Keep listening to the Fantasy Dose podcast to find out. Welcome to the Fantasy Dopes Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Warren Herbert. We're going to recap the week that was in the NFL and take a look ahead to week 17 and give those poor souls that have championship games on the most unpredictable week of the year some tips on how to put together a whole new team. So let's go ahead and bring in our own MVP and house guru, Mr. Jonathan Fazio. Well, it has been a while since I've heard your voice, and I'm actually... Kind of shocked that I'm listening to you right now because uh, any moment thinking that Jillian is just going to pop up somewhere and uh, give us an intro here, but that is not to be. You are here. How are you doing, Mr. Herbert? I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm I can't say I'm rested because I'm not because we have the children at home. But you know I'm I'm very happy to be back and I want you to know that I I listened while I was gone and you guys did a very good job and it was very helpful. So. It was nice to, to step away and, and to hear the show from a different point of view and, and to use the advice. So you guys did a fantastic job. Not just saying that. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate the comments. Uh, hopefully your vacation gave you at least some rest uh, in a sense, but and your holiday was, was fantastic. Um, let's get to um, one other thing before we begin. Now... I want to know how you did in your fantasy leagues. Want to talk about that real quickly before we begin? Well, I thought we would maybe save this for next week's show, but you know, I finished in first place in the regular season in both leagues. Uh, however, I I fell in both semifinal matches. I had a terrible week and uh, ended up winning one of two consolation prizes. So I took third and fourth, respectively. Not overly happy but I, I really didn't have a great team all year and I did a lot of streaming and listened and did a lot of work on the podcast I think that helped a lot to be honest and uh I, I guess I say I'm, I'm proud of what I did this year considering I didn't have a ton of star power I had Bortles on both my teams for a while and you know it, it is what it is I, I made money I got my money back and then some so I can't be too unhappy Playoffs are a different animal, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I was you know, kind of disappointed that you lost in both leagues, but being that it may be, I too did not win any leagues, believe it or not. Lost in my finals, and I also lost in my semifinal last week, my other league that I was in, and it was because I benched Jordan Howard for Kenneth Farrow. And had I not done that, I'd be talking to you as a champion today wow i cannot had i been on the podcast I, I i feel like i have to take a little blame because had i been on the podcast there's no way i would have let you do that especially after you've been calling him a league winner all year long i can't <laughs> believe it i cannot believe it i did and i just wanted to take my own advice i mean it's one of those things i spent 45 dollars on him in fab i was high on him that week and I figured he'd be a, a high PPR play since he caught a bunch of pa passes in the backfield in Carolina when he came in to start. And when he played out in San Diego the following week, 
it was not pretty at all. They played the Raiders, and it it just wasn't a good game at all for them. And that pretty much cost me the the league itself. And uh, you know, I was disappointed, wow. obviously. But um, this past week, I put up almost 200 points. I would have beat the now champion by at least 10 points. And uh, it's a tough pill to swallow, but. I uh, I always say I got to go with my gut there, and I did, and it didn't pay off. So that's all you can do in fantasy. Yeah, I, I same thing. I think I smoked everyone in both leagues this week. So, uh, well, the, clearly not everyone because I actually lost one of them. But uh, I did quite well. Yeah. Anyway, that's the double-edged sword that is fantasy football. So, but at least at least we don't have teams playing this week, right? We don't, and we'll definitely get to why you shouldn't be playing your teams in Week 17 after this recap. I promise it's coming. I've been teasing this for weeks on end, and finally it's here, and it's going to be glorious because nothing is scripted. It's all through my head. I already have it written in my head, and uh, we'll get to that as soon as we run through these recaps. It's not going to be like we do each week either. It'll be a, a truncated version of a recap because, as we know, a lot of teams, they're not in the playoffs anymore. All the teams are done. I think this is just a nice kind of recap just to basically tell you who got it done for you and may, who may have screwed you out of a fantasy championship. So uh, why don't we start with that Thursday night game that seemed like it happened weeks ago between the Giants and Eagles in Philadelphia. Yes. Yeah, that was a uh, that was an interesting game with a lot of Giants fans crushed crushed by that loss 24 to 19 so what were your uh, what were your takes on it I guess just as a Giants fan if I may start with that um obviously disappointing I had a feeling they were going to lose they usually don't play well in Philadelphia especially as of late we kind of ran that down on last week's show me and Jillian and just going into that I just felt man going into a short week in Philadelphia I don't know if they're going to pull this out it was close to the end but Eli Manning, man, he's got to get his shit together because he just did not look good out there. I mean, he threw a career-high 63 times, and he completed only 38 of those for 356 yards and a score. But, I mean, he had three dopey faces, a.k.a. interceptions, <laughs> as well in this game. And one led to a pick six early in the first quarter, and one was late in the fourth to end the game. So I mean, they're going to need him to be sharp and if they want to make a deep run in this postseason. Luckily, they did get the playoff spot via a Bucks loss on Saturday. They're actually going to be the fifth seed no matter what, even after this week's Week 17's results. So, with all that said, I mean, OBJ, he did his thing. 11 catches on 20 whopping targets. That's got to be one of the highest I've ever seen in fantasy pretty much all year long, uh, not even on the Giants. Um, he didn't score, but uh, Sterling Shepard, their rookie, did. He had seven catches on 11 targets for 61 yards. Now, I want to mention two guys from the Giants uh, before we move on to the Eagles side of things that Jillian kind of touched on on our show and actually came to fruition. Victor Cruz got all, pretty much very involved in this game. He had led the team, almost led the team in uh, targets, obviously behind OBJ, but he had 13 targets and eight catches for 84 yards. That's pretty high volume considering that he hasn't really been involved much in the, in the game at all for the Giants. And their running back, Paul Perkins, saw more carries than any other running back, including Rashad Jennings. He rushed 15 times for 68 yards, and he was actually used more late in the game as well, which is definitely something to look you know, into, uh, especially in Week 17 if you need a streamable guy, and especially in the playoffs since it's their first time going in since their Super Bowl run in 2012. Yeah, it's the, the running back situation, uh, I'll, we'll start there. 
it's interesting because Paul Perkins certainly, like Kenneth Dixon, has I think you know been taking over the role a little bit more and more. But you also you've seen Jennings get the ball later in the game because he's a more of a veteran in the past in the recent past. So I, I don't know. It's still a question mark for me as to who you would want to start. I mean, certainly I would take Perkins over Jennings. Um, but also, what does that mean for next week? Doesn't really mean anything. Uh, the game doesn't mean anything. So does that mean they're going to do a little less of Perkins? Or because he's a running, uh, a rookie, are they going to keep giving him the ball more and get that experience? I don't know. So a lot of question marks for the Giants backfield, uh, which has really been like that all season long. I also just want to point out, I was disappointed. A lot of drop passes by obj and sterling shepherd uh that was disappointing really i mean it was like i think they both had at least three like legit drop passes yeah it was a bit of a disappointing day for their wideouts and i guess going back to your point with the running backs because i mean i can only say so much about their wide receivers it's you know shepherd's a rookie you're, you're gonna see drops happen that's just the way it goes with rookies and OBJ, you know, I guess you could say he should catch every single ball that's thrown his way, but, I mean, 20 targets, that's that's insane. That's an insane amount of looks. But with Perkins, it, it is going to be interesting to see Week 17 if, if they actually run him out there. I expect him to be out there for the majority of the game. I know that they said they're going to bench most of their guys since they really don't have anything to play for. So, I don't know, man. This is why Week 17, this is one of the reasons why I don't like playing fantasy in week 17 at least season long but I just don't if I'm if I'm playing in, in week 17 I'm not playing any of these running backs just because we don't know anything yet I mean there, there right. could be reports come Saturday maybe even Sunday morning that suggest who's going to get you know how many carries or whatever but again you got to remember this game's at 430 so a lot of the guys that you may have are already going to be starting so I think this is just a situation to avoid completely if I'm in season long Right, and I would say this will a good transition to Philadelphia. Philadelphia is a team while have having nothing really to play for, and they're going to be playing hard for sure. They definitely want to continue to try to finish the season on a positive note, much like Eli did his rookie season, I believe. So I, I think that Wentz and, and and the crew are going to be going hard and and leaving it all on the field. So, you know, if you're talking about looking for a quarterback to stream, you know, Wentz Wentz is pro is I'm sure is out there, and he could be someone you might want to take a look at. I guess this is more or less like if if you're really desperate and there's not many guys out in the waiver and he's out there and maybe you have a guy like Eli Manning on your team, then certainly, you know, you can definitely look towards him just because, you know, the Eagles are playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys, they might not be playing their starters the whole game, especially on defense. So it'll be an interesting situation. They are at home, which is good. So... Yeah, I guess if you're really desperate, I can see you throwing Wentz out there. I think there's just a lot of other guys that you can go towards, and we'll kind of go through that. Right. Was there anyone else on Philadelphia wanted to touch on before we move on? Honestly, to be you know, uh, as like a <laughs> no. as like a fantasy guy, well, no. Like one thing is you know I played Darren Sproles over Justin Forsett, but if I had Ryan Matthews on my team, I would have played Sproles just because they were giving him a lot of love. On pregame, they were saying that he was going to get involved a lot. The coaches were talking him up. So I figured, okay, coming off a of one-week concussion protocol, I'll take my chances and throw him in there. And he wound up scoring a 25-yard touchdown run. And I know he only finished with 40 yards on seven rushes. And he also had two catches for 23 yards, but still a better play than Matthews. He only had 46 yards. 
on 18 carries and added a catch for 16. So I guess these are the things where you got to kind of pay attention to pregame sometimes because you'll get some of these golden nuggets saying this guy's going to be more involved, and that in the case certainly happens. So well, yeah, and I I know that it's very difficult to try to keep track of all these pregames. So you know what I do? I just go to Twitter at Fantasy Dopes and I get all my information there. Exactly. I mean, we've been treating out some gold. Uh, I know sometimes we're we're a little bit idle, I guess you can say, in terms of you know trying to keep up with everyone's performances. But I think we're more or less trying to just give you the information, and then we kind of digest what's happening, and then we save them for the show. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, a wild game: Miami at Buffalo. Miami winning thirty-four thirty-one in overtime what are you what are your thoughts on that beautiful game well i i think it was a bit of luck that the the dolphins won this game i mean honestly i guess the only guy in miami if you had him then you were pretty much freaking out was jay ajay 32 carries 206 yards and it's touchdown damn <laughs> that was, yeah, yeah that was his third third time he went over 200 yards this year and I'll tell you what I was surprised because they didn't have Mike Pouncey as their center. And usually he was the guy to lead Ajayi to those crazy, insane numbers, those crooked numbers that he had previously. And since he was absent, he hasn't really been performing much up until this point. So uh, what do you gather from, from that performance being a big Dolphins fan? Well, you know, it was certainly uh, – I was a little concerned. I didn't get to watch the game, but – Amazing that they they pulled it out the way that they did, and certainly did feel like a little luck. Devontae Parker had only four catches, but 85 yards and a TD, so he had a pretty good game as well. Kenny Stills, again, catching a touchdown pass. I mean, he's really their their top fantasy wide receiver this year, I think. Uh, looking back, but um, listen, it was a, it was a crazy game, and they pulled it out. Thank God for me, and uh, I'm happy. We're moving on. Sixty. And maybe the fifth, maybe the fifth, they can they can move up in seeds this week, which is huge because they could play they could play go to Houston instead of Pittsburgh. That's big, right? But they do have to beat the Patriots, which yes, yeah, yes. they can start or they can bench their guys. Again, this is something that needs to be monitored towards the end of the week. We can't really gauge who or when is going to be pulled, but I mean, certainly keep in tune. We'll have some updates on that for sure. On the Buffalo side of the ball, uh, with some news out of the, a lot of news out of the Buffalo Buffalo camp this week. Yeah, well, it was announced Tuesday that after this loss, Rex and Rob Ryan, the brothers, were fired from the team. They are no longer with the organization. They also announced that Tyrod Taylor would be benched week 17 for EJ Manuel, which that to me is actually more surprising than the coaches being fired, just because Tyrod had an excellent game from a fantasy perspective. He uh, attempted 39 passes and completed 26 of them for 329 yards and three touchdowns. Didn't throw an interception. He only got sacked twice. And listen, I, I felt like he, you know, barring the whole situation, was able to keep the Bills in this game. I mean, it wasn't his fault that the defense let up 34 points to the Dolphins. But, you know, I, I mean, for them to bench him is just – kind of question questionable and and you may not know we may not know if he's going to be on the team come next year i mean they might move him tyrod's not being benched because of his play this past week there's a weird clause in his contract i'm not exactly sure but basically if if tyrod was to play and get injured they would the bills would somehow owe him 30 million next year 
I believe is what it is. So there, there's definitely a weird economical factor to that. He might be out anyway because Rex Ryan was a big fan of his. So we'll see what happens in, in, in Buffalo, but it's certainly not a good situation. And if you are a Tyrod Taylor owner, you're not, you're not playing them this week. So, Oh, that's, that's an interesting, <laughs> I guess, little uh, clause you can have in your contract. I mean, I'm curious to know if he was the one that actually put that in or if the team itself put that in for him to protect him from any injury. But certainly, I don't know, I feel like that's just something that is just very questionable to me, why you wouldn't even put him in because of that certain clause. I mean, their team is not going anywhere. He's a young guy. I mean, injuries happen to anybody, but I, I guess if you just don't want to throw him out there for that reason alone, I guess I can understand that from an organizational point. But again, what's the long term with him? Are they going to release him? Is it, you know, it seems that if they didn't want to owe him that money, I mean, how bad of an injury could he have had this coming week, week 17, that would, you know, basically have him not out there week one next year? You know what I'm saying? Like that just to me is a little suspect. Yeah, I'm I'm not exactly sure how that how that works either. But uh, and I mean they're playing EJ Manuel who's also a free agent, I believe. So a uh, bit of a showcase for him. Uh, so I don't know, but who cares? Yes, yeah, this is Buffalo. Is, yeah, this, is <laughs> Buffalo. this is not fantasy related. I'm I'm over it to be honest with yes. you. But it'd be interesting to see what goes through Ty- Tyra Taylor's I guess uh, career as this season moves along. Yeah, and keep, if you're on the New, Jer- New York Turnpike, keep an eye out for the uh, the Ryan brothers that are that are carpooling home from Buffalo. So, all right, let's move on. Atlanta at Carolina. Atlanta winning 33-16. And some of it was due to one of our Smokem guys, Tevin Coleman. Uh, he was featured on one of our big plays of the week, and he actually had a nice day. A nine rushes for 90 yards. And a touchdown, and he also added three catches for 45 yards. Most of these came in the fourth quarter, however. The defense kind of just let up two big plays that basically got him 86 of these yards total. And that, say la vie, that's all she wrote for pretty much for Coleman. So other performers in this game, listen, we don't need to tell you about Devonta Freeman. Julio Jones, however, I was a little surprised uh, at the... I guess, amount of looks he got. He had seven targets, four catches, and 60 yards. I I personally thought he was going to use him as a decoy because even though they're playing for a seeding, Atlanta is, but I I just didn't see them using Jones a whole lot. I mean, I know four catches, 60 yards isn't a whole lot, but to me, you know, coming off a a bad toe the last couple of weeks not playing, that I thought was a little surprising because he almost led the team in targets. Freeman actually led it, and he caught all eight of those targets as well so what are your thoughts on that yeah I was I was a little surprised because that's certainly a guy going into the playoffs that you need healthy I mean you're not going anywhere without him let's be honest you know and and uh on the flip side Taylor Gabriel had a terrible game and and uh that cost me definitely uh so I was I was certainly disappointed with how that all worked out yeah I mean uh, besides Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman you know they didn't really do much for you. No. I mean, Freeman at PPR did a good amount for you, but other than that, I mean, Josh Perkins and DJ Tia their other tight end, caught touchdowns in this game. So that just goes to show you that, you know, that sometimes big numbers don't necessarily mean big fantasy points for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about on the Carolina side? 
Well, if you started Kevin <laughs> Ben, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. I was all I was gonna say was if you started Calvin Benjamin, somehow, and I know I think he was in our deep cuts list. Uh, he, he led the team with sixty-three yards and four catches, and he had a touchdown. So, you know, if you if you hung with Benjamin, good for you. Otherwise, Olson, he had six catches for fifty-nine yards. It's a decent PPR day. Uh, and everyone else just pretty much shit the bed. I mean, honestly, Cam Newton, just not a good year for him this year. I don't know if the referee thing got into his head or he just wasn't there completely. His line wasn't protecting him that much. He only completed 18 passes for, on 43 attempts for 198 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. So it's not a good performance for him there. And Jonathan Stewart, nothing much on the ground. Only 11 carries for 50 yards. Just wasn't a good day for Carolina, and honestly, I think they're just mailing it in at this point. They are facing the Bucks, who we'll get to later, but maybe you want to play a lot of Bucks players since technically they're still in it, and we'll get to that playoff race as we move along. And Luke Keekley will be out again week 17, as he should be, so also worth noting. Moving on, a wild one in Chicago with the Redskins putting up 41 points and uh, beating the Bears 41-21. None of those points went to Jamison Crowder. Who no, I thought... <laughs> they did not. No, they didn't, and it killed me. Yeah, he, he was one guy that killed me in, in my championship league. Only one catch for three yards. Uh, I was going to put out a little post and put him on a milk carton, but being that it was Christmas Eve, I was a bit busy with the folks. It was tough for me to do any photoshopping that day. Otherwise, that's a good idea for next year. But in any case, um, Crowder, not a good game. Rob Kelly on the grounds did okay. Now, this is the most disappointing and frustrating part if you had him. All right, he had 19 carries for 76 yards. Not terrible. He also added two catches for six yards. You'll take that in PPR. There was four touchdowns on the ground, and none of them went to him. Mac Brown, their backup, running back, eight carries, 82 yards, and a score. He had a long one for 61 yards. Chris Thompson, their other PPR back, had three carries, got in the end zone, and Kirk Cousins decided to just score himself this day. Not only did he throw a touchdown, he ran in for two on five carries. So I think Cousins, honestly, was probably your best play in fantasy this week, along with Deshaun Jackson, who did score over 100 yards he had 114 yards total on five catches. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I saw that score and I got excited because I figured, oh man, I got a, I had a bunch of Redskins, but uh, I have all the wrong Redskins apparently. So, yeah, that, that wasn't helpful. I just want to mention that for Week 17 purposes, Jackson did get bit, a bit banged up in this game. Uh, he had a jaw injury, actually, believe it or not, and. They're saying that he's day-to-day as of this Tuesday. So, again, this is a guy they're going to need in Week 17 in order for them to squeak into the playoffs here because they need to win, and they're in. Um, if the, the, between the Lions and Packers, they're in the 4-6 and six seed, but one of those teams will most likely lose, and whoever loses will most likely be bounced if the Raiders do or if the Redskins do win this game. So the Redskins, they got to – you know, a, a tough task ahead of them playing the Giants, even though the Giants are resting their guys, you know, you're going to probably want to start the Redskins. I was actually looking for streaming quarterbacks as well for Week 17, and I was looking at Barclay stats. You're like, oh, not so bad until you get to the interceptions part where you realize he had five interceptions in that game. So, ouch. 
Yeah, I actually, I believe on the Dopes account on Twitter, I said to somebody to start Matt Barkley over, I believe it was Carson Palmer. And look, going into that game, you would think, oh, you know, Barkley should have a decent game. They're probably going to be down, which they were. And he was going to throw the ball a lot. Now, unfortunately, you know, he threw five picks. So hopefully the picks didn't really cost you too much in that. Because he did throw for over 300 yards and he did have two touchdowns. But again, depending on your league, if you have a lot of minus points off interceptions, that could have burned you. But what about Cameron Meredith? What What is this guy's deal? Who wants to be a big shot all of a sudden now in fantasy? <laughs> too, too little too late for me. Yeah, and they had nine catches on 12 targets for 135 yards and a score. I mean, that's just pathetic in my opinion. <laughs> Alshon <laughs> uh, Jeffrey, their supposed number one receiver, did have a decent day. Five catches, 92 yards on 10 targets. Had a couple of drops, but, I mean, who didn't in this game, to be honest with you? Who, who would have thought that Cameron Meredith would have led this uh, this team in receiving yards? Not me. Not me. But we need to move on to perhaps one of the most important games of the whole season, in my opinion, and one that I know you were rooting very heavily for. And that would be San Diego Chargers at Cleveland Brown with the Cleveland Browns winning 20 to 17, securing their first one of the year and keeping John Fazio's prediction of two wins as a possibility that is still intact. It is. Now, look, they're going into Pittsburgh, who I believe is going to be at least trying to get a spot or a seating placed. Is that true? I don't know. I don't. I think that uh, is true. I think they can be. I think they could either be the third or fourth seed, because right now they're currently in third. But if they lose to the Browns and the Texans win, Texans win. I believe. How did the, how did the Texans even fricking win their division? They're terrible. Yeah, Sorry. They go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> I'll just start from the beginning. Three, two. It is a little exciting. Got their first win. However, my prediction. Oof, man, I just do not think they're going to beat the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Steelers are still kind of playing for their playoff seedings. And listen, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull this out at all. I have zero confidence in the Browns. But look, at least they got the one win. I'm pretty happy about that because a lot of people doubted that they were actually going to win anything. And if you had anybody in fantasy, I guess Isaiah Crowell did you some good he had two touchdowns on four catches for four yards and he had 54 rushing yards as well so I know some people they like to dog on the Browns but Crowell has been a pretty decent start in fantasy uh most weeks and, and yeah where's Ter- where is as uh prior gone you know I mean he was a stud for a lot of the year and it's just really RG3 kind of ruined his his rhythm I think with with his play, he likes to dunk off a lot of passes down the middle, and Pryor's usually playing the outside, so they really haven't thrown to him too much. I know in this game, Gary Barnage led the day with 42 yards on five catches, and that just goes to show you he's a guy that goes up the middle. So, I mean, you can blame RG3 on Terrell Pryor. That's certainly definitely a possibility as to why his performance went down since, but you know, hopefully you weren't starting – prior to in too many leagues unless you're in a flex spot in like 12 to 16 team leagues 
he only had three catches for 36 yards. So, I mean, not ideal, and I wasn't looking to him to, to win me a championship. So, All right. What about on the San Diego side of the ball? I know I went with Inman, and I had high hopes for him, but I believe he three ten targets for 44 yards, so not sexy. What was your take on the San Diego side? Yeah, he had a couple of misconnections with Rivers. I mean, it just didn't seem like their offense was in rhythm at all, to be honest with you. Cleveland, surprisingly, didn't have that many people in the stands, so it wasn't like it was intimidating to play at. It just didn't seem like the Chargers were there. They kind of just mailed it in. The one guy that didn't mail it in, however, tight end Antonio Gates. He caught 8 of 13 targets for 94 yards and a score. They were really trying to get him involved and go for that touchdown record, the, the overall tight end touchdown record that's held by Tony Gonzalez. He only needs two more after he scored one. And listen, if I have Gates, I'm firing up in there. I think he's probably, an, if I had an obvious start, he'd probably be one of the few this week. I definitely would have him in there. Hunter Henry did nothing in this game. I expect him not to do much in this next game. I think you start Gates no matter what. Yeah, agreed. I actually, you know, I had Gates and Eifert uh, for most of the year, and I thought about getting rid of Gates once Eifert was back and healthy, but I held on to him, and I'm glad I did because Eifert was out for a change, and I started Gates, and he came through in a big way. One other guy I want to mention before we move on here is Tyrell Williams. He was actually our top safe play of the week in Week 16. He had a decent day, four catches, 64 yards, and a score. I mean, you'll take a touchdown with a combination of over 50 yards any day of the week in fantasy. You know, he wasn't flashy, but he got you the points that you needed, and then a little bit of some. He gave you a little bit of a stocking stuffer, if you will, in fantasy. So a good start if you had him there. Uh, Travis Benjamin, another guy that maybe people had up there. Three catches, 75 yards. And I just want to mention the fuckboy Kenneth Farrow that screwed me in fantasy. He got injured. He was sent to IR. He had four catches for 29 yards, and he had nine carries for 28 yards. So if you somehow started him, he did better at least in week 16 than he did week 15, but not by much. If you are looking for streaming running backs, Ronnie Hillman is going to be the starter for San Diego in week 17. So he might be worth a look uh, if you're in need. Moving on, let's uh, – ooh, this was a good one. Minnesota at Green Bay. Green Bay smashing Minnesota's playoff dreams with a 38-25 victory. Yes, Minnesota is now eliminated from contention. The Packers, like I said earlier, had the four seed. They play the Lions Sunday night, and it will determine the NFC North. But let's get to somebody that completely blew the doors out on fantasy football uh, this week. And if you've somehow started him, man, he probably won you some leagues, and that was Adam Thielen. Now, I had him in one league. Unfortunately, I was that was a league where I was completely eliminated from. And I just wanted to go check today to see how many points he put in my league. He put up 55 points in fantasy. He had two yeah, he had 202 receiving yards. He had four rushing yards, 12 catches and two touchdowns. Woof. Have a day. That's something. Where where was where was that when you needed him? Huh? Exactly. It gives you basically these guys will do you good if you're completely eliminated or you're just a fantasy freak and guru and not all in one. But uh, Thielen, man, he pretty much is going to go into this next season here, maybe as a as a favorite target for Teddy Bridgewater. I know Diggs is their number one guy. He did catch a touchdown in this game, but he only had. 29 yards receiving on four catches it's 
just you know interesting to me that Thielen looks like a Jordy Nelson out there actually. <laughs> and I'm not saying that because he's white, but it's just it's, <laughs> you know it's just the way they play is is similar. Well, this is interesting next year to think about what a healthy Teddy Bridgewater can do with with Thielen and Diggs. So something to think about and pontificate over in the off season. Uh, and it should be noted that we will be doing podcasts throughout the off season. So feel free to check us out. Yeah, we'll be keeping up on certain things. I know we're not going to do a podcast every week, but we'll try to put one out as we see fit. If the news is juicy enough to, I guess, keep everyone updated, we'll we'll, we'll certainly have some material out there. Just not exactly sure of the workflow just yet. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be dipping our toes in the off-season pool. Let's jump over to the Green Bay side where they definitely had some big performers. They did, and I mentioned. Jordy Nelson, he, again, is a guy that maybe have got you a championship. Nine catches, 154 yards, two touchdowns on 11 targets. So he was very efficient, looked good out there. Again, you got him. You're obviously starting him. He's probably going to go nuts Sunday night against the Lions. Same with, you know, maybe Ty Montgomery. I know he wasn't involved much in this game, but maybe they want to start running the ball a bit more. You saw what happened Monday night with Ezekiel Elliott running all over the Lions D. Same thing could be said about Montgomery. I know he's not as strong, but I expect a better game from Montgomery in Week 17 than he did Week 16. Only four catches, 17 yards. He only rushed nine times for 23. Aaron Rodgers, let's not overlook his performance. He had 347 passing yards, five total touchdowns. That's a hell of a day. I'm sure he was on many championship teams uh, this week. He had no interceptions. Certainly looks like the Rodgers of old. I know a lot of people were dogging on him earlier in the season for not performing, but I mean he's putting some games out there now, especially in fantasy. Yeah, he had a hell of a week. And I mean, I can remember back earlier on in the season, I was like, there's no way they're going to make the playoffs. And, and they've just they've made it really made it happen. It's very, very impressive. And yeah, I, I certainly lost my week solely due to Aaron Rodgers and uh, my loss, putting up 46 points. So there you go. That hurt. That yes. hurt. Uh, one more guy I want to mention, our smoke'em guy we had, was Jared Cook, the tight ends. He only had three catches on five targets for 37 yards, and it should have been four had he had have two feet inbounds before stepping out. He couldn't really control his feet, though, so it's a bit risky to start him. I know I said to start a lot of the Packers guys. I'm not looking so much at Cook because they do have Richard Rodgers as well, who did get involved somewhat in this game as well, so... I would try to stay away from Cook in fantasy if I have him. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, let's move on to Tennessee at Jacksonville with the Jaguars winning 38-17, and there was a uh, that was a big-time injury in this game. Yes, there was. Mariota, done for the year. Titans playoff chances, also done for the year. Just Kaput. Yeah, and even just before that, they just were not on the same page. The Jaguars' defense, I mean, you got to give them credit. They did certainly their part to contain the Titans all day. Tajay Sharp and Harry Douglas <laughs> led this team with 48 yards apiece, and their big guy, Rashard Matthews, only had three catches for 31 yards, did find the end zone as well, but you know, not a great performance from him. Delaney Walker... I'm going to imagine a lot of people were starting him. He had only three catches for 23 yards. He did find the end zone as well, so you kind of salvaged your day there, especially in PPR. Otherwise, their running game, DeMarco Murray, he was held in check. He only had 42 rushing yards, 14 attempts, and he only caught two passes for 18 yards. And I believe this is the first time in PPR leagues 
he dipped below 10 points. It was the first time he got single-digit points this fantasy season. Certainly did not come at a good time if he had him in the finals because I would imagine he might have screwed some people out of their championships. Well, Allen Robinson and Blake Bortles did have big days, days that were reminiscent of last year. What, what was your take on that? Well, Allen Robinson, if you remember, was our deep cut. He was our number one deep cut, and he kind of laughed in our faces. He said, uh-uh, I ain't going out like a punk. And he had nine catches for 147 yards. No touchdowns, but, I mean, the yards and catches were certainly there. It was definitely something I guess Robinson owners were frustrated at. I mean, all season long. He was putting up duds for you. You benched him at some point, I would imagine. And if you still had him in your championship game and he put up a performance like this on your bench, I'd be pretty ticked off. Again, it's not his fault. It's obviously the coaching as we it was evident in this game, but even Blake Bortles got in on the show. And you know, I dropped him in one of my leagues. He put up a, a pretty good day, 325 yards passing on 26 completions a touchdown, and he also didn't throw any interceptions in this game. So good for him. And not only did he throw an interception in this game, he actually caught a pass from Marquise Lee. It was a 20-yarder, kind of a trickery play. He got a receiving touchdown. So, I mean, if you start a Bortles somewhere, you have some balls, some big balls, and it somehow paid off for you. I mean, this is fantasy in, in, in the playoffs. What can I say? Did you ever get to use your garbage time meme? I did not. Mm-hmm. Well, at least stay tuned for that next year, Fantasy Dopeds. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll break it out for sure. All right, well, let's move on to the Jets at New England uh, with the Jets just losing this one really close, 41-3. to And uh, what can you say? You, you knew this was coming. I mean, you knew that New England was going to put a hurting on them. And they did. They did, and man, it was they were just so close. They got you know they they set up for a field goal in the fourth quarter instead of just trying to go for it to get a touchdown because you know that's that's a fundamentally strong game plan against the Patriots. Uh, <laughs> in any case, well, if you started one of our smoke'em guys, Robbie Anderson, in this game, you were pretty disappointed. And you know what? I want to give you a hug because I feel bad. That was pretty poor performance by him, but he wasn't his fault. Now. Bryce Petty did start this game. Anderson had three targets, but he was injured. He, he got taken out of the game with a shoulder injury in the second quarter, tried to tackle Malcolm Butler, did not work. He was taken out. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick came in, and that pretty much just ruined any momentum between Anderson's fantasy performance and reality performance. They pretty much both went down the drain as soon as he got in. And if you were a Brandon Marshall owner... I guess, you know, you were kind of excited to see Fitzpatrick come back just because that's his boy. However, didn't really do much in this game. Two catches, 28 yards. I told everyone not to play Marshall. He just was not a good start, even if Petty was in the game and Fitzpatrick. It didn't matter. The Patriots just pretty much dismantled the Jets here. And Noonwa led the team with 30 yards, and he only had one catch. So just goes to show you that this offense was not doing too good. Bilal Powell, I guess, you know, some people were starting him. He only had 60 yards on 15 carries, did not find the end zone, obviously, and added two catches for 14 yards. You know, not not good. It just was not a good performance for the Jets all around. Well, New England had a pretty good performance, putting out 41 points. I'm sure you have a lot to talk about with that. Where do you want to start? Maybe Deion Lewis? Deion Lewis, one of our smoke'em guys, he did lead the team in rushing yards, 52 yards. However, 
Blunt got more carries. He had 20 carries total for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Guy, all he does is get in the end zone. He leads the league in touchdowns this season. He's always an obvious start. Even, I don't know, in this Week 17 game against Miami, I don't think they're going to be rolling over. I think they know what's at stake for the Dolphins. Bill Belichick is will pretty much destroy any hopes and dreams that any team has, even if they are in the playoffs. I still think, you know, maybe they don't play Brady as much, but I could see LeGarrette Blunt being out there for most of this game. And that's the thing with the running backs. They got three of these guys. They can easily rotate them in and out, and they can easily get distributed work. I just see Blunt having a, a pretty big game here. I concur, and I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of Brady, but you're also not going to get too huge of a dip-off with Garoppolo. Well, I think they're going to try to showcase a little bit and, and pro- probably move in the offseason. Uh, certainly a lot of teams looking for him. But, yeah, this is going to be not an easy win for Miami uh, next week against a uh, New England team that just doesn't just doesn't roll over for anybody, So, and certainly not anyone in their league so or division. And lastly, before I forget, Martellus Bennett was also one of our smoke'em guys. He only had two catches for 19 yards. He did find the end zone, and that's just kind of his game. Like, he'll only have a couple catches, but – you know, sometimes he'll reach the end zone, sometimes he won't. And that's just kind of the risk you run with Bennett here. So, you know, maybe with Garoppolo, they have more of a chemistry with him. It's just tough for me to play Bennett in Week 17 if I'm in season long. Yeah, I will say that uh, Week 17, the Jets are home, I believe, against the, the Bills. And the Bills' run defense is terrible. So if you have Powell and you're you're in the championship, I would definitely run him out there. I think he's he's a strong play. Well, let's pause here for a quick tinkle and commercial break. And uh, when we return, we'll finish the recaps with the rest of the games in week 16. So stay tuned. We will be right back. Want to know which French players you should start or sit in your fantasy leagues? Want up-to-the-minute news and analysis from the beat reporters around the league? Follow at Fantasy Dopes on Twitter to get your fix and fill the void of having to worry about which player will feast or famine. Welcome back, Dopeheads. Let's pick it up with the 4 o'clock games on Christmas Eve, starting with the Colts visiting the Raiders in Oakland. Another tough blow. Injuries come in threes, and this is our second one out of three so far. Biggest one, I guess you could say, in terms of, of playoff implication, is Derek Carr. I mean, he's so out. Sad. It's so very sad. sad. He's out for the year. His leg is all sh- completely blown up. He'll Ugh. be back hopefully next year. Uh, if, if you did start him, I mean, he had a decent fantasy day for you, 220 yards passing, three touchdowns. So, I mean, considering what happens if you had him week 16, that's you know, that's pretty good, I guess, for you and your team. But just as a an Oakland fan and, a, and a, I guess a, an NFL fan as well, it's kind of sad to see, you know, one of the top guys in the league go down, especially because their team has just been pretty much dominant this whole year. And now we got to see Matt McGloin be quarterback in the playoffs, which I'm sure will be a treasure. Yeah. I can't wait for the head coach to pull him. He's like, pull McGloin. Get it? Like, pull my groin. Sorry. <laughs> Had you. But, but, but yeah, very sad. <laughs> very sad about Carr because I just, as a couple of Raiders fans at work, and I mean, they've had a tough go of it. And to have a year like this and then, and then to lose your quarterback like that, it's, it's, it's sad. Such is life in the NFL, though. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I guess, were saying, oh, you know, maybe you should have pulled him in the fourth quarter. I mean, listen, 
I know they were ahead by eight points, but you know the, the final score thirty three twenty five. But I mean, they were still playing for a, a bye in, in the league. You know, you, you and, can't play quarterback. That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, even this week, if if he was healthy, I'd still play him because they're playing for a two seed, and that's important. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's there's no way that you're pulling your quarterback in that situation. That's just ridiculous. So, what about anyone anyone else on Oakland you want to talk about? DeAndre Washington had 99 yards rushing, 12 carries, for two touchdowns. And that pretty much was a slap in the face on Latavius Murray, who had only had 40 yards on 15 carries. So, I mean, I'm not starting Washington. He didn't look good all year up until this point. They've been going with their other guy, Jalen Richard, who had six carries for 66 yards. It's just a tough three-headed monster out there in Oakland. And you know what? They might be relying on him more because of Matt McGloin now. I think the running game becomes more of a factor now, and all three of these guys are certainly in play for a big game. Now it's just going to be tough to gauge and see who's going to lead the team in scoring. So, ah, man, it's just tough for me to put Murray on the bench. I feel like i got to start him if I got him in Week 17, but these are other two guys you want to watch because they have have done something in the past, especially when Murray was hurt earlier in the year. What about a guy like Amari Cooper? What does McGloin do to a guy like uh, Cooper's potential? You got to throw to your studs. And, you know, Michael Crabtree also is no schlub. He had seven catches for 90 yards in this game. I still like them as, you know, a starter. I mean, you got to kind of roll them out there because these are your playmakers. And I know, you know, this quarterback situation isn't the best, but you got to imagine that, you know, he's going to throw to somebody. Somebody's going to get those catches. And, That's true. You know, it's certainly not going to be a guy like Andre Holmes, who did have a touchdown this game, but, you know, only three catches for 33 yards. There's there's not much, you know, potential for these other guys that are in this wide receiver core. So I still like Crabtree. I still like Cooper. I'm starting him if I got him. I'm not feeling as confident as I was maybe in the past with Derek Carr in there, but. Certainly guys you just can't bench, in my opinion. All right, what about on the flip side with Indianapolis? Just a, you know what, just an, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's just a disappointing year again. I, I just feel like Andrew Luck is one of the most overrated players in the league, in, in my opinion. There could be days where he looks like, you know, a number one pick stud quarterback. And then there's other days where he just looks lost out there. And look, I'm not blaming him for this loss, but he did have two interceptions in this game. And there's been games where he hasn't really thrown touchdowns at all. So I'm not too high on Andrew Luck as a fantasy starter. I mean, he did get somewhat of a production for you, 288 yards passing, two touchdowns and two interceptions. But uh, there's something about him that just doesn't make me want to go after him in drafts. I agree. I also feel like they need to uh, start limiting the amount of commercials with him in it until his play improves. You know, like there's got to be some sort of correlation there. Well, he is the highest paid player in the NFL, in NFL history, which I think is also laughable, but it's just, it goes back to that, mm-hmm. you know, contracts, they're settled down. They're not hungry enough. And I, I think that's certainly a, a, a this is what's kind of coming to fruition this season with him. And look, I'm not dogging him. I, like I said, I think he's had some good games. It's just that, there seems to be more games where a lot of other quarterbacks week to week put up better numbers than he did. 
Sure, sure. All right, let's move to a insignificant game. San Francisco at LA with San Francisco pulling it out 22 to 21. Yay, 49ers. Well, it was significant for the Browns because not only did they get their first win on Saturday, they also still secured the number one pick in the draft because the 49ers were 1 and 13 going into this game. If they had lost, they would have slotted to the number one pick, but because they beat the Rams, now they have the number two pick again with the Browns getting number one. So it's it's all good stuff in Cleveland right now. You're the, right. You're right. I stand corrected. They got LeBron James out there on the Cavaliers, leading them to pretty much a dominant start in the season in basketball. They got the parrot. The parrot's coming. Encarnacion. Edwin Encarnacion, who should be a, a big factor for them in their offense. All good things happening in Cleveland at this moment. Uh We'll see if they get that number one pick, though, when they go into Pittsburgh. Maybe they'll surprise everybody and stick to my two wins, like I said earlier this season. However, on a fantasy side, Carlos Hyde got injured in this game. He will not play Week 17. You're pretty much shit out of luck (laughs) if you have Hyde and you're in Week 17. I'm not starting Sean Jerron. I'm not starting Jawan Harris. Those guys are just not startable, in my opinion. I think the 49ers playing the Seahawks will barely put up any points. If they get in the end zone, I'd be very surprised. Seattle just has not looked like themselves this season at all, Uh, especially losing at home against the Cardinals, which we'll get to next. But on the 49ers side of it, I'm just not starting anybody. None of the wide receivers interest me. Nobody in the running game interests me after Hyde went down. Kaepernick, I think, is not a good starter for this week. I would avoid any 49ers players. Same thing with the the Los Angeles Rams here. Gurley, if you played him, had a decent day. 67 yards rushing on 23 carries for a touchdown. He also That's a added, huge day for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he also had three catches for 20 yards. So PPR-wise, he got it done for you. Uh, you know, he did his job. Not a first-round pick job, but he yeah. did pretty good. Uh, otherwise, you know, I'm not looking at anybody else on this offense to play, especially on defense. I'm not playing their defense either. Yeah, this game, other than the draft pick situation, was just kind of a shit show. So uh, let's get to that Seahawks game because that was an exciting one to watch. It was. Arizona at Seattle, where Seattle is dominant, as you know, and Arizona pulled out a 34-31 victory. It was kind of scary for the Giants fans because now that Seattle lost, they went down to the fourth seed, and as it stood on Sunday, they were going to face the Giants since they were the fifth seed. Obviously, we got a one week left. They're going to probably beat the 49ers here. They'll slide up more, but a little nerve-wracking because I, as a Giants fan, I just didn't see them winning in Seattle. But the Cardinals got it done, and David Johnson, once again, had over 100 yards in scrimmage. And just, This dude, all year, has been the most consistent fantasy player this season. 95 yards rushing, three touchdowns, and he also racked up four catches for 41 yards. So... If you had Johnson, I'm sure you won some of your leagues with him. Uh, I unfortunately didn't. I had him in both leagues and lost in both, but it wasn't his fault. Ouch, babe. Ouch, babe. Otherwise, J.J. Nelson. I mean, now because of Michael Floyd's absence, he's almost filling his shoes. Three catches, 132 yards, and a touchdown. It was a little fluky. He had an 80-yard touchdown score, but Fitzgerald, you would have thought, would have had a, a nice day here. Only four catches for 31 yards, the Richard Sherman factor, if you will. So 
Is it going to be his last game as a as a player this last week? We shall see. But if I got Fitzgerald, I'm going to start him for sure. And then you're obviously starting Johnson no matter what. All right, well, let's get to the gruesome, gruesome leg injury suffered by Tyler Lockett. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. It was it was pretty horrific. It was Joe Theismann-esque. It was. He was. He did not look good. I mean, as soon as he went down, there was something wrong, and you kind of just knew that he was injured, even without even looking at any replays. Uh, Lockett, this is the third guy of the three guys that injured their legs. He's obviously going to miss the rest of the season. And it was kind of adding insult to injury in this play because he got in the end zone. It was originally called a touchdown, but they reviewed it and he did not get in. So it just kind of uh, a crappy situation all around for Lockett. He finished with two catches for 38 yards. He was one of our smoke guys. And had he not get injured, he probably would have had a nice day, but obviously it didn't happen. Doug Baldwin, he was our top, top guy in smoke and he completely went off 13 catches, 171 yards, one touchdown. I mean, this guy, man, put the team on his back, if you will. Didn't get him to a victory, but in fantasy, might have gotten your team to a victory. Thomas Rawls had to leave this game due to injury, and Alex Collins, their backup, is supposedly going to be their starter in Week 17 against the 49ers, who, if you recall, have the worst defense against the run all year. And everyone says you got to play your running backs against the 49ers. I would look at Alex Collins and start him. I think that would be probably my top pick of the week if I had a waiver wire pick. Uh, I know it's a little too late for that now, but Alex Collins is definitely a name I think everyone's going to know after Week 17 finishes. I think he'll have a really good day against the 49ers. Definitely get in the end zone as well. I know he only had 28 yards in this game, but Cardinals pretty much contained the running game all game long. It was pretty much on the, the arm of Russell Wilson, who let's not forget, had four throwing touchdowns and 350 yards in this game. So another guy that probably got you a fantasy championship had a monster day. Yeah, and it's, it's just uh, another – I've seen so many performances like this this year, so many up-and-down performances where guys, you know, great for three weeks and then shits the bed for two weeks and then it's great again all across the league, especially with the wide receivers. But, yeah, Wilson did have a good game. All right, anything else on that game before we move on? Let's move on to the Saints game. Tampa Bay at New Orleans with New Orleans coming out 31-24. Big victory for the Giants. This pretty much solidified their positioning in the playoffs. That got them in for the Bucks. Let's listen to this scenario a bit before we get into the fantasy performances because it's pretty funny. So technically they're still mathematically in it. They just need several outcomes to happen. Now they needed the Lions to lose on Monday night, which happened. They need to beat the Panthers this week. They need the Colts to beat the Jaguars, Titans to beat the Texans, Cowboys to beat the Eagles, Lions to beat the Packers, 49ers to beat the Seahawks, and they need the Redskins and Giants to tie. Again, mathematically in it, definitely not going to make it because that is just too crazy of an outcome to happen. I mean, you can just look at the Redskins-Giants tying. That's not happening. I'm sorry. So you're telling me that, yeah, I mean, that's a little crazy. So let me just get this straight. So Tampa Bay's in if they beat Carolina, Colts beat the Jags, Titan beat the Texans, Cowboys beat the Eagles, Lions beat the Packers, and the 49ers beat the Seahawks, never happening. And the Redskins and Giants tie. I don't I don't think it's that crazy. 
<laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. I mean, look. Yeah, I mean, like, I would just assume not have a chance with that. I mean, it's just like unbelievable. But yeah, and uh, listen, we gotta you gotta talk about Winston, who is m- moving forward. Uh, I think a very strong quarterback pick uh, in 2017. Yeah, I mean, he's looking pretty good out there. I know he had a couple interceptions in this game, and his. You know, yards were almost there, 277 yards passing, 23 completions on 35 attempts. He's just got to limit the interceptions. He did pretty well in the middle of the year. He didn't really throw too many interceptions. And then towards the end of the season here, he kind of got a little off balance. But definitely a, a young guy to look you know, into for the next season. He's healthy. See what he does week 17. I think he's one of the more popular picks this week if you need a quarterback. Um, I think... You know, they're still going to be playing their hearts out. They technically still have a chance, so they're not going to just lay down against the Panthers. All right, we got three games left here. So Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh winning 31-27, crushing the playoff dreams of the Ravens. Uh, Let's start with the Ravens, actually, on their offense. Steve Smith Sr. had another productive day, seven catches, 79 yards, and a score. He was one of our smoke em guys this week. However, this may be his final game of the year, uh, his career. And they're playing in Cincinnati where I feel like they may throw the ball to him a lot in this game. I mean, I would imagine a touchdown in a perfect world. I, I would throw him out there no matter what. I, I feel like this is a strong, strong play this week. I would even have him as an obvious start, to be honest with you. So... Not playing for much, playing for pride. I don't think they're going to lay down. They're going to do as much as they can to get Steve Smith a win for his final game. I think he goes off with a bang here. I would play him. Agreed. And anyone else to talk about really on the Baltimore side, running back wise? Yeah, running game is just too unpredictable. Dixon led the team with 57 yards on 12 carries. West had 10 with 27. I'm just not trusting either of those guys in, in a fantasy perspective. Especially in daily, I'm not looking towards them. Mike Wallace, only 21 yards on four catches. So much for them using him down the fields. Just it wasn't there. I mean, Dennis Pitta, their tight end, had a nice day. Eight catches for 75 yards. Just that Steve Smith was the only guy to reach the end zone for them. So I just don't see much production coming out of the Ravens outside of Steve Smith going into this week at Cincy. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball? Obviously, you got the... The obvious starts in, in uh, Le'Veon Bell and Mr. Brown beyond them. Ben Roethlisberger had a productive day. It wasn't anything flashy. 279 yards passing. He did have two interceptions, but he did throw three touchdowns, so that kind of saved you there. Yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, there's a guy, Xavier Grimble. He had the early touchdown. That was his only catch for 20 yards. Eli Rogers sort of getting it done for them. Four catches and 84 yards on five targets. He's pretty much has been a sneaky slot receiver pick in fantasy. I mean, he could have been useful in some PPR leagues in their flex spot. But otherwise, I'm just not looking at a guy like him week to week. He's just too inconsistent for me to play. Yeah, he never really emerged into that guy we thought he might become. You know, So, I mean, see what happens next year. All right, let's move on. Second to last game of the week, Denver at KC. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs were pretty much in control this whole game. The Denver offense just does not look good at all. Justin Forsett was the only one to score a touchdown. It was a one-yard score. I mean, he finished his day with five carries and 11 yards. That was not a good start for you at all if you had him. 
Devontae Booker led the team at 27 yards carry, uh, 27 yards on five carries. So, yeah, I, I'm not looking to these guys much in fantasy. Running back wise, still like Sanders, still like Thomas, but they're just not getting it done. Sanders only a catch for 26 yards. Thomas only had three catches for 20. Uh, just not strong plays with for me, in my opinion. Especially because they're playing the Raiders week 17. So I'm imagining the Raiders are going to play, you know, as best as possible on defense. It's, you know, obviously McGloin's their starting quarterback, but on the Chiefs side of the ball, Tyreek Hill just continues to score touchdowns. Had a 70, 70 yard touchdown. They should just give the ball to him in like second and long situations on the grounds because this guy, if he finds space, he's gone. Like he's a blur. And I don't know if you saw that big run. Von Miller couldn't even keep up with him, and that's a guy that is pretty much a shutdown linebacker in the league. Yeah, and I think uh, I don't know if he had, you know, that you know he's got that great stat this year that uh, you know has a touchdown from a punt return, a kick return, reception, and a, a rushing touchdown. In any case, a very explosive player and someone absolutely to keep an eye on for next year. And a keeper if you got him, probably didn't pay too much. Yeah, for sure. And Spencer Ware. Not really doing too much with his carries. 13 carries, 62 yards, didn't get in the end zone. Uh, he was involved in the passing game a little bit, two catches for 20 yards. But let's get to a guy that actually broke an NFL record in this game. He was the heaviest player to throw a touchdown pass in NFL history. That would be Dontari Poe, their lineman. He threw a two-yard touchdown pass to Demetrius Harris. And it was a sight to see if if you love fat guys throwing the ball. This was this was pretty much your Christmas gift, if you will, since it was played on Christmas night. It, it was actually with less than two minutes left in the game. So they definitely saved the best for last in this game. And kind of a slap in the face to the Denver defense, allowing 33 points is pretty much a big deal. Uh, and let's not forget their tight end, Travis Kelsey, who, in my opinion, has probably been the best tight end this year. I know Greg Olson has been very... Not as consistent, but Kelsey's been putting up the numbers. He had 11 catches for 160 yards and a score. And an 80-yard touchdown pass late in the first quarter. And just, to me, is probably going to be the number one tight end option going into next season. He's certainly up there, and he certainly had a fantastic year, uh, Kelsey did. So, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting game. I was surprised that they did rub it into Denver. No love lost there, so. Certainly. Well, Dontree wasn't the only uh person to throw out their first touchdown pass this game which is Detroit at Dallas with Dallas putting a whooping on them 42-21 and I'll just come right out and say it Des Bryant with a huge game and a big touchdown pass it was a big touchdown pass to Jason Winton well, again who would have thought that Des Bryant would have a passing touchdown and two receiving touchdowns in this game, to be honest with you. I mean, he only had four catches in this game, but he certainly made the most of his time on the field. And, you know, there were days where he didn't really put up much. You know, last week he didn't do much on the team, but I mean, he's certainly a big factor if the Cowboys need him. And earlier in this game, the Lions, they were, you know, pretty much keeping up with the with, with the, the Cowboys. It was tied 21-all going into halftime, and... From there on out, the Dallas defense kind of woke up and their offense just continued to roll as it as it has been this whole season. Dak Prescott 
only had 15 completions on 20 attempts, but he certainly made the most of it, three touchdowns on and 212 yards. So going into week 17 here against the Eagles, they're saying they're not going to rest their starters. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to at least maybe have a couple of drives to see how that goes. And then I figure they're going to pull Prescott. they got to pull Ezekiel Elliott unless he has like a huge run in the beginning of the game. And then they might want to consider leaving him out there to try to break Eric Dickerson's rookie record. And that's certainly in play. I think that's a good call. I, I you think that is because I was going to ask how do you see that going you know down with locking in the first the one seed, home field advantage playoffs are obviously secured even before this game started. Do you want to risk that in week seventeen in a meaningless game? I mean, I listen. If you have, uh, I think it's going to be a, a game script situation. If you have Zeke, you got to play him. I, I mean. Yeah, who who are you starting over Zeke Elliott even in week 17? You got to play him, and like you said, you got to hope he busts one early, which gives them the potential to break the record, and they give him a little bit more room and a little more leeway to try and break that record. You know, uh, and it, it's you know they'll probably pull him. Why why risk it? And as for the quarterback situation, they've been pretty clear saying that Romo is not going to play, but I just I. I don't see how you don't want to get him in there a little bit, even if he's just handing the ball off a couple times and maybe throwing a screen pass or two. Like these guys are absolutely Super Bowl contenders, and I would like to get Romo, who hasn't played all season, in a game a little bit. Well, from what I understood from Jerry Jones speaking out on Tuesday, he said that he wants to preserve Romo in case something happens to Prescott, but. I just feel like that should just be the opposite. I mean, wouldn't you want your starter to be healthy and your backup to at least get some yeah. playing time and, and to get used to being on the field? And then you got a week off, wait to see what happens in the wild card round, and you play at home against a divisional opponent, most likely, maybe. Who knows what could happen? But if I'm you know a Cowboys fan, I, I think I want to see Prescott maybe a couple of drives Again, if Elliott does well, then maybe have him out there until he breaks the record, if he's close to it. I know he's got to gain over 100 yards in order to at least get it in reach, but, I mean, how much do you want to risk a Super Bowl title instead of just playing for regular season records? I don't know if, if I would care too much about that, in my opinion. Again, if I'm Dallas, I'm suiting up three quarterbacks, and I'm going to give a quarter or so to Dak. And I'd maybe give a quarter uh, or a little less to Romo, but I'd really like to get him out there and moving around. Uh, if he can't play a couple plays in this game, he's not going to be able to come in and, and win the, uh, a playoff game for you if Dak does go down. So Indeed. And if you follow our Twitter account, you'll be able to get information and updates as to if what are the Cowboys are doing. Are they going to play Prescott a quarter? I mean, certainly these questions will probably be answered by weekend's uh, game time so this is why we don't really have a dope ranking show just because we're not sure of what these each team's game plan is going to be I mean we have a somewhat of an idea for some teams but for most of these teams we just don't know who's going to get benched who's going to start so that's why we're kind of just sticking with one show Twitter's been working really well as of late a lot of people are going to us for advice so I think that's just our best route going into this weekend is just to kind of tweet out information and just to follow what we we're putting out there yeah and again just to put a bow tie in this game the Detroit obviously has everything to play for uh against Green Bay so 
Zenner, Ebron, all those guys. You got them. You play them. I think you'd agree with me, Johnny. Yeah, Golden Tate, uh, maybe even Anquan Bolden. You want to throw in your flex. I wouldn't have a problem with that. Still not playing Marvin Jones. He's just not doing well. He had seven targets last night. Only had one catch. So I just I just don't like his outlook. I he would be the odd man out if I had to start somebody on Detroit. Uh, Zenner, yeah, looking pretty good. I mean, their running game hasn't been doing well. Theo Riddick is still leading the team in rushing yards, but you know if Zenner can get like a hundred yard game or or something like that, he can certainly break that out. But they're gonna certainly need a miracle, in my opinion, to win again in Detroit against the Packers. I don't see that secondary being able to hold hold back uh, Mr. Rogers. I don't pencil. I think that's going to do it for the final episode of the Dope Rankings Recap shows this year. And yes, that means that we will not have a Dope Rankings show for Week 17 as we've discussed this week. But fear not, check the Twitter. John has told me he's not going out New Year's Eve. He's going to be at the computer all weekend long relaying information to you, the listener. (laughs) Maybe that's not entirely true, but he's going to do his best. We're all going to do our best. Right, Johnny? Indeed. No, I'll, I'll be out on Twitter. I, I know I haven't really been too active uh, during the games, but that's, I guess, something uh, to, as a goal for next season. Definitely be more active as the games are going along. We'll see how that all works out as we move along during this 2017 year, which cannot come soon enough. 2016 has been a bit of a drag in, in more aspects than just fantasy and, and football in general. But I guess for people that are listening that may have wanted some information about Week 17 and why we're not really doing too... I mean, we've thrown some nuggets in for you, but I guess in general why we're not doing a ranking show is just because, honestly, Week 17, in my opinion, is just a sham in season-long fantasy leagues. I like the appeal of daily. If you want to do a daily team, I'm perfectly okay with that because you usually when you're building a daily team, you're doing it the day of. You're getting all the information pre-game. You want to make sure that you're getting players out there that's actually in lineups that'll play the whole game itself. Just to me, for week 17, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a tangent here, so bear with me. I feel like you know if you have a guy like Ezekiel Elliott, you drafted first rounds. You have a guy like Tom Brady that you drafted you have Julian Edelman or Jillian Edelman as we like to say on the show pretty much any team that's locked up a a one seed or a team like the Giants Odell Beckham they're not going to be playing week 17 I mean that to me is just unfair that that to me like if I were to make a comparison that's like game seven of the World Series you know the Cubs batting top of the first Anthony Rizzo he rips a single to right field He's pretty much been dynamite the whole postseason. No reason why he shouldn't be out in the field. All of a sudden, after the inning's over, Madden comes over to him and says, Hey, kid, you had a great year. We're just going to bench you for the rest of this game because we don't need you. That's essentially what Week 17 is. There's, there's going to be players on your team that are going to be benched for no reason other than them trying to get into the playoffs and basically saving themselves so they don't get injured. That's just unfair. I, I think that's just an, a completely unfair advantage for somebody that, you know, it's spent either a lot of money in auction or spent their first round pick on a player that they expected them to perform each and every week. And then when it comes to week 17, they're not there for you. And that just to me is like taking candy from a baby. It's just an unfair advantage. You got to look to the wire, which again, there might not be much out there, especially if you're in deeper leagues. And now all of a sudden you're without a good team and you're going to lose a championship because a team 
secure their playoff rights and they refuse to play their players. So I don't know. That to me is just unfair for any other scenario in fantasy week 17. I just don't like that at all. I mean, listen, I, I definitely agree with you. And not to keep making baseball references, but it, it's also, to me, it's akin to you play the season one way all season long, and then you get to September in baseball and you expand the rosters and it's crazy. It's a whole different, it's a whole different game with those expanded rosters. And it's like that. And certainly in week 17, where you're dependable and you can have the greatest team in the world, but week 17, because of their success, they're sitting people left and right. And it's, you know, you're, you're building a whole new team. So it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I would say that as, as a commissioner of a league, if I did have to have a week 17, then I, I would, I would change the, the payouts to be more, to be higher for winning the regular season, um, you know, stuff, but uh, it is what it is. I just want to say, I guess to wrap it up, honestly, like if I were a commissioner of fantasy football, I would just abolish week 17 completely. I wouldn't even have it as an option for you to play. And I get it. You know, I, I could see the appeal that you keep want to play. Like it's, you know, it's the first week without having any worry about a fantasy team and there's still the regular season. So you want to see some players out there perform, but if I were like the head of Yahoo or DraftKings or even FanDuel, I would just have like a free $100,000 entry. Anyone can join. And there you can just pick a daily team. And you can still have some excitement because you can have a chance to win some cash. And that to me, I know Yahoo does that every week. They have a free daily uh, lineup. I think it's only like $1,000. And there's over like 400,000 people that join these things each week. But it's still something to look forward to. You know, I, I still check it from time to time. It's not that much money, but it's certainly a, a, an excellent option for you to have rather than risk your whole league, especially if you're playing for money, to depend on guys that you wouldn't normally depend on most of the year and, and not have your studs out there. So... That's just my whole thing about it. I think I love the daily aspect, not so much the season long. Yeah, I mean, another, and we'll wrap it up here, but another option would be to have that everyone in the whole league is back in. Whoever scores the most, whoever scores the most points, you know, wins X amount of dollars. We do that in one of my baseball leagues, uh, you know, top scoring team uh, in the last week of the season, you know, gets a little bonus, so... I think we've covered it. I think we've covered all that we can cover in week 16 heading into week 17, John. And um, we've certainly done the the best job that we can, and I think we speak for Jillian. Again, heading into 17, a lot of possibilities, a lot of changes. Make sure you check us out on the Twitter, at Fantasy Dopes. Any of your lineup problems and questions, John, myself, Jillian, hopefully we'll all be there and try to do the best we can. We're very good at getting back to everyone with their, their questions. We're also going to be reaching out to all of you during the playoffs to join our custom league. Tell tell the fans a little bit about our custom league for the playoffs. Uh, sure thing. Uh, I basically created a group in NFL.com. Uh, it inc- involves pretty much the fantasy football aspect. It's the playoff challenge, I believe it's called, on NFL.com. You basically, we're going to have you know, the, the page to sign up, where to sign up, how to create an account. It's very simple. It's free. It's fun. And when you sign up, you'll be in our Fantasy Dopes League. It's already named. I'm already in there. Uh, They don't officially go live until after Week 17 is concluded because they'll have all the players that are involved in the playoffs. And from there, essentially what you do is you try to pick a team. It's, It's only one shot you get. You have one team, one shot. 
you try to pick players that will have basically reached the uh, the Super Bowl. So you want to get players that are going to be in the Super Bowl because after each round, if you have this player, your points double. So you can go from 2 to 4 to 8 to 16. So that's the whole aspect of this game is you kind of have to guess who is going to be in the Super Bowl. And the more players you have on a Super Bowl team, the better you are scoring points overall because it's, it's an overall total throughout the whole playoffs. It's not just week to week. It's going to be whoever's in finishing first, after the Super Bowl's over, will win a prize from us. That's essentially going to be the the prize uh, if you win. We're not exactly sure what that prize is going to be just yet, but we definitely have a couple of things. We have some things on the docket that certainly is worth your time, at least just to sign up on. I'm going to get a lot of my friends involved in this. I haven't really been doing too much publicity, but I think this is the straw that's going to break the camel's back, if you will. I think this will be a very fun project to get everyone involved you can definitely keep track of our picks as well as your picks in this league i'm imagining hundreds of people signing up for this it's like i said it's free it's fun you can definitely talk trash to us as well give us some shout outs on twitter we recommend everything and, and anything fantasy related during the playoffs and we'll try to have a recap each week using that point system that they have built because it's a custom nfl.com point system i think it's just like standard scoring if i recall correctly obviously with the double points things change so we'll definitely be on top of that we'll try to keep a, a show out each week during the playoffs up to the super bowl so interesting things to come i think this is going to get the whole community involved the whole dope head community involved I, I agree. I think so. Looking forward to it. And again, we'll have more information next week and, and on the website with all that. So stay tuned. Look forward to that on the Twitter at Fantasy Dopes. FantasyDopes.com. Always. We're there. And that's going to do it for us. Dopes, we out. We out. Yeah. Week 17. Good luck to you.